It is 7.08 and back with the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour. Already lines are open. That's how quick we act. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five. talk That is absolutely toll-free. You have questions for Lior about your employment, your job, your severance, workplace harassment, an employment agreement, whatever. Bring it on here to answer them until around 10 to 8 tonight. Uh, anytime you want to reach out to Lior during the show or otherwise, it is help at employmenthour.com and one eight five five eight. And severancepaycalculator.com as well. It's an amazing tool. Over half a million people have now used it, and we'll get to details on that bad boy in just a bit. Uh, Firstly, we always start with the show with the week that was. How was it? Hey, man. Uh, well, the week is, is ongoing, and the right. week has been a very busy one, and uh, I'm, I'm happy so that it's so because a lot of people are calling and emailing me and wanting to talk and, and hopefully get some advice about their, their legal situation. That's that's great, and obviously we're going to give you my contact information throughout the show today. If you want to reach out to me at any point privately to speak, to talk, to, to help solve some problems, please do so. Uh, I'm very easy to get a hold of. And, of course, we're here uh, for the next little while on air to answer questions, so don't be bashful. Give us a call. You can use a a fake name if you want. It's fine. Let's just talk about your rights. And and the reason why I want to do that is because if you call us now, you're listening, you're going to help others who may have the same problem solve their problems. You know, I'm sure that whatever you're facing may be something that others are facing as well. So give us a call right now. Let's talk about your workplace rights. And, And, you know, this is the place. This is the time. And to get us uh, started up here, John, let me talk about a couple of situations that have come across my desk uh, really uh, just over the past few days. First situation, uh, when I, I spoke with a, a lady that called me very upset and uh, in a tough situation, she worked for one of the big uh, car manufacturers here in the province, and uh, she worked rotating shifts. So sometimes she'd work day shifts, then she'd work night shifts, and round and round we go. Right. And she'd been doing that for years, no problem. Well, unfortunately, uh, recently she got divorced, and when she got divorced, she became the main care provider for her kids. And once she be- became the main care provider, she doesn't have her husband uh, around to, to rely on. She now had to be home at a certain time to make sure she's there for her, ch- for her kids, and she couldn't work night shifts anymore because, again, who's going to watch the kids? She didn't have any family around. She talked to her employer, and she said, can you make an exception for me? Can you allow me to work day shifts uh, and, and day shifts only so that I can be there for my kids? I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And I said, well, no, we can't do it that for you. We have rotating shifts. We've always had rotating shifts. And, you know, you, you have to figure it out. That's on you. And she tried. There's nothing she could do. She ended up uh, quitting because of it. And, but she called me once she heard our show and she wanted to know, well, what can I do? Or was there something that I could do? Well, here's the thing, John. A company does have to accommodate in these types of situations. We call this accommodation based on family status. And the Human Rights Code says that if an employee has a a real legitimate family need that requires accommodation, the company has to accommodate. It's not enough for them to say, well, that's not what we want to do or that's not what we used to do or, you know, that's not the way things are. They have to accommodate. And if that means changing the shift to allow her to be there for her kids, they have to do it. They don't have to do it in every situation, but in a situation where that's really the only way she can provide care for her children is through accommodation by the company, they have to provide that. So this company breached the human rights code. In doing that, they've also constructively dismissed her, and so she's owed severance, she potentially is owed human rights damages, and it's only because the company wouldn't do what it was required to do. So I want everyone to understand, employers and employees, if you have a legitimate family need, 
and you have to have your company's help to meet that family need. The company can't just say, too bad, so sad. They have to accommodate. They have to help. And if they don't, that's a problem. And, you know, words of wisdom there for any employers that are listening uh, as well. If they're thinking, about well, man, I was going to do that to some, you know, I didn't think I had to accommodate. There's uh, there's some word out for them that it is, it's, it's family status. You got to do that stuff, right? Yeah, and it happens quite often. And, you know, there's been a bunch of cases where the courts came down very, very hard on employers that wouldn't do that. So it's not enough for employers to say, well, you know, if, if we do it for you, everyone's going to want to do it. It is what it is. You have to accommodate. I know you got more of the week that was, but I want to bounce over the phones quickly because our callers are always uh, job one four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell one triple eight two two five talk as well. Got uh, Nick on the line. Hey, uh, Nick, opening call. What's up, pal? Um, got a question. I have an associate of mine that was let go from uh, his job for constructive dismissal, or I'm not sure the correct terminology for cause. Um, is he entitled? Are they entitled to to uh, severance. Well, do you know what happened there? Why he was let go? Do you have any details? Well, apparently there was there was some situation in regards to a matter between him and a client where there was some benefit paid to that individual party, um, and the company found out and they let him go. But it has so here's, to do with. Sorry. So here's the, here's the thing. Sorry, Nick. Uh, ultimately, obviously, I would need to know what the issue was and, and what your friend did or, or, or didn't do. But I will say this. It seems from what you're saying, the company treated this as a termination for cause. In other words, Correct. they're saying whatever you did was so bad that we don't we can let you go. and We don't have to pay you anything. Now, the Correct. only way they could do that from a legal standpoint is if your friend did something pretty nasty, something awful, something that was so bad that made it impossible to continue employing him. That is very right. difficult for the company to establish. And a lot of times, most times, companies pull the trigger on that type of a termination before they're allowed. So the best thing I could tell you right now, not having all the information, is to have mm. your friend give me a call to email me. Okay. And let me talk to him, find out about his situation, and then I can tell him for sure what he's owed. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. I'll pass on the information. Appreciate that, Nick. Uh, moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. As you always say in the show, the devil's in the details, whether it rises to cause or not, in Nick's case as well, right? Yeah, I would need to know exactly what he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, him making a mistake or him breaching policy in and of itself is not going to be enough. Now, if it's the 20th time that he did it and he was warned, he was warned, maybe it is. So the lesson here for, for him and for others is it's not enough that you've done something wrong for it to be caused. You would have had to do a bunch of things wrong or it would have to be terrible before you can be let go for cause. Get more of your phone calls here shortly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five. talk is the toll-free number right till around 10 to 8. More of your calls. Want to get back to the week that was. I know you had something else you wanted to mention as well. I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman who had worked for a company for, for quite a few years. He was let go some years ago. Uh, with my help, I actually negotiated the severance package. Everything was fine. And, and within literally weeks of negotiating that severance package and signing off on that severance package, the company calls him and says, you know what? We have a different position we want to hire you back for. He's a happy guy, accepts it, joins the company. Life is good. But you know, fast forward now a few years, he's now let go. And when the company let him go, they count his service from the date he was rehired. And, and that's important for severance. Well, he calls me, of course, and he wants to know, is that right? Well, here's the thing. 
because it was such a small gap, he was only off for a few months. He's worked there total for probably about 18 years now. Because that gap was so small, in many cases, we can disregard that gap. It's as if that gap doesn't exist. So his service is continuous, even though he got severance for the first length of employment. So I'm going to work with him now to get him that severance. So I want everyone to understand that in some situations, even if there's a gap in employment, maybe they let you go, maybe you quit and came back, sometimes you can disregard that gap and you can get credit for your full service, which can make a huge difference when it comes to calculating severance. Get back to our calls. And uh, Nandel, good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening, and thank you for taking my call. No worries. What's going on? Uh, my question for Lear. Lear, uh, about six months ago, I was let go of my job as a warehouse manager. And I was told at that time the company is uh, restructuring and my position had become redundant. And lo and behold, uh, last week in the Indeed column, I saw the exact advertisement for the same company advertising my position, exact job description. Yeah. There's something I can do about that. So, you know, I, I, this is a, a great question and a question that I get quite often. You turn uh, your radio down there, Nando, if you could. Okay, yes. Yeah. Thanks, pal. So it's a question that I get often. People are let go and they get upset, of course, because they realize that the, the reason that was given to them is not really legitimate. It really wasn't the right reason. Unfortunately, from a legal standpoint, uh, Nandel, a company is allowed to let you go for any reason, even if they don't have a good one, as long as they pay you severance. So the issue in your case is, did you receive proper severance? If they said restructuring or eliminating position and that's not what they were doing, they were letting you go because they thought that someone else would do a better job, that may make them not very nice people at all. But legally, they can do that if they pay you severance. So let me ask you a couple of questions, Nando. Uh, how long did you work there for? I worked there for 18 months. 18 months, a year and a half. And what kind of a job and how old are you? Warehouse manager. I'm 53 years old. Okay, so someone in your situation, I would have assessed anywhere from four to five as much as six months of severance, four to six months. What did you receive? Nothing. Nothing? Yes. Zero. Wow. Did they say why nothing? Because it doesn't, yes. if it's restructuring, that wouldn't make sense. That I have a contract clause. But even with that, they would have given you at least two weeks, I would expect, no? No, they didn't. Wow. Nothing. Okay, well, so you, you didn't have to sign off on anything? No. Well, good. Well, the, so, so I have good news for you. And the good news is, as I told you, you're somewhere between four to six months pay, uh, not because of, they were not honest, just because that's what the law says you should have. And because you didn't sign off on anything, we can get that for you. So here's what I want you to do, Nando. I want yeah. you to give me a call in the morning at my office. Uh, we're going to give you the number here in just a second. Let's talk about that. I want to yeah. see the termination letter they gave you. I want to okay. see your employment agreement, and I'll help okay. you get what you wrote. Leo, I've, I've, I've actually recommended your, your form, and Kristen is working for one of my buddies. And I, I love it. You, and I want to tell all your, your listeners here, she's doing an amazing job. So I have all your contact number, and I will send you all my information. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Your, your form is doing an amazing job for my friend. I'm so pleased with the development, and I know he's going to get what he's due. Thank you. Amazing. That's exactly why we do the show. And there's so many other people that probably would have accepted or be uh, in fear of what happened to Nandel. And they got to make that call, right? Again, Nandel, one 821 5900 That's the whole genesis of the show is, is you know, waking people up and making that phone call because they can, like you said, get themselves thousands upon thousands of dollars, which they would have otherwise thought they were not owed.
And the interesting thing is, you know, Nando's situation is very common where people actually call me about, not necessarily about severance, they call me about other reasons. And then in that course of me talking to them, they realize, wait a second, I'm, I could be owed, in this case, as much as six months pay. So yeah, that's a big deal. So definitely make the call, send an email, whether you call on the show or you call me in the office, yeah, we really should talk. And you, know, you always prime them as well. Just before we go to break here, we should mention that people call in and they you push them past the emotional part of getting fired. Why did I get like, oh, I did nothing wrong? And it's like, you know what? Put that in the rear view mirror. Looking ahead is what you want to take care of on the financial side, right? Yeah. You know, once you're let go, you have to look ahead. Exactly as you said. you got to yeah. figure out, okay, now I'm going to let go. What's next? How do I support my family? How do I get put money on the table so I can put food on the table? That has to be your goal and only that. Taking a short pause, your phone calls, bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk and help at employmenthour.com. Lots more to go. This is the Employment Hour here, the Wednesday night edition on Global News Radio. It is 723. If you haven't caught it yet, Employment Hour in 30, you'll catch that on Global TV on the weekend mornings. Check employmenthourtv.ca for lots more details. The number to get a hold of the or, by the way, when the show is not on the air, one 855 821 5900. But here for the purpose of your calls tonight, please call through, ask your questions, 416 870 6400, star 640 on Salon 1 Talk. In that regard, Debbie, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much no for worries. my call. Um, I have a question because on your show, I've heard the term constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. And I have a question. i um, been with a firm for over 40 years, and I've uh, for decades have worked three days a week, pretty much almost all of those years, say about five of them. Um, and for the maybe the last 25 years, my shifts were always Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then back in November, uh, both managers asked to speak to me in the office and wondered how I would feel about switching, uh, like working a Thursday or a Friday. Uh, and I said I was agreeable to that as long as it didn't interfere with um, other things that I was involved in or like doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and things like that. But when I got my next schedule next month's schedule, what it is, they were placing my hours over four days a week, including the Thursday, Friday. And I, I let them know that is not what I agreed to. I, that came out of the blue, did not know. So now my measly 21 hours a week is over four days, uh, many weeks, not every single week, but most of them. So um, I was never given a letter, you know, or 60 days notice or anything like that, mm. just the meeting saying how you know I feel about working a Thursday or a Friday. Now, is that like constructive? Mind you, that happened in November. I've kept letting them know, and my coworkers and customers, that I'm not happy about this because it really messes up. For example, like this week it's from 11 till 3, uh, 9 till 2, 10 till 2. Right. Right smack in the middle of the day many times. So this happened in November. And yeah. since then, have you said anything? I know you said you've talked to them, you told them you're unhappy, but is there anything in writing? Is there any emails, anything that says, I, I don't want to do this, or this is not what we agreed to, anything like that? No, I've verbally done it. Just like, I mean, I didn't get anything from them in an email or anything right. except the shifts. You know, we do get the shifts sent to us by email. Now, have they responded to you when you said you're not happy with it? Well, it's because the business is changing and they they need people there more so to cover lunch hours and things, the part-timers. Right. But I said, well, you know, we hire students and they don't have to work any hours at all during the week. Why, why don't they schedule them during the week? Well, we know they're in school. Well, yes, exactly. They, 
you know, so there are reasons why I don't want to be working over four days. So, Debbie, let me let me answer your question. Certainly, this is a constructive dismissal. Obviously, this is a big change to the terms of your employment. Uh, and the constructive dismissal is exactly that, when your employer decides to change the terms in a way that is not favorable to you, uh, in a way that makes it different than what you had before. Now, with a constructive dismissal, usually you have the option to treat your employment as being terminated and leave with your full severance. The problem in your situation is because this happened in November, uh, so that's a few months now, arguably now you're deemed to have accepted it. And if you've accepted it, then it becomes a term of employment and arguably you may be stuck. You may be say, well, now it's not what I want, it's not what I like, but I'm stuck with it. The, the reason why I was asking about whether you've told them in writing that you don't want to is, you know, if you, you keep trying to convince them to change it, then arguably you can kind of stay on because you hope that they'll change it. So there may be a slight little sliver here if you choose to treat this as a constructive dismissal. Uh, and for you, clearly, after 40 years, you'd easy be, easily be looking at 24 months, two years pay. Mm -hmm. So if this is something you want to consider, uh, pursuing constructive dismissal and getting that severance, you need to act quickly. I want to speak to you immediately, you know, tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, we may do an, an email to your employer confirming some things. Uh, there may be a bit of a window of opportunity here. It's a small one because so much time has passed. So if you're going to look at that, we need to, to uh, move forward on this very quickly. Okay, very good. I will do that. I'll give Thanks, a call Debbie. to the office tomorrow. Thank, Thank you, you, Debbie. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred would be that number. Uh, Randy, good evening. How are you, pal? Hi. Good to hear from you guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. Thank you. What's going on? Well, I've got a question here. I'm sitting here with my wife, and she has worked for a municipality in a GTA city for twenty eight and a half years, give or take. And they eliminated her eliminated her position as an office coordinator, which is a management position. And they downgraded her, although they let her keep the title, to basically a secretary and put her in a different part of the building, like where she was office coordinator for 14 years. They've now moved her up a couple floors up higher, and she's doing basically just minimal work type of thing. And my question is, after they had done this, um, she actually came up with a couple of initiatives, and for instance, she made a um, procedure manual and some other things, and she uh, was heading up a committee. She put an idea for a newsletter together for a committee. They actually told her, because she's not in management anymore, she can't be part of the committee, even though it was her idea. And they're just kind of degrading her and making her feel uncomfortable every day and out of place and out of sorts. And she even went to her immediate supervisor when asking about the committee position and the supervisor said there's you know you're not on the committee because you're not management anymore and mm -hmm. my wife actually started crying a little bit because she's been there for so long and has worked so hard for so many years and the lady actually said well you can use the um grievance you know or you know mental health uh benefits or whatever you know or talk to a friend or go do this or that it's like they're trying to push her out mm -hmm. and she only has 18 months left and she's having a really hard time going to work every day feeling degraded like this. Now, so Randy, I have a couple of questions. Yeah, go ahead. If she took leave because of her being so upset and, you know, you know, like a... Um, like a medical leave, a stress leave? Medical leave, a stress yep. leave or something. When she come back a couple of months later or a month later or whatever the doctor says, two weeks, whatever it is, because they're giving her a hard time now, would they have reason to dismiss her? So... First of all, Randy, in this new position, is she part of a union? 
No, she is not because she was management beforehand, mm-hmm. so you can't be. She right. let her keep the title, but she was told basically now she's just a secretary. So here's the thing, Randy. I, I don't think that the, a leave here is going to solve the problem. I mean, because she, you know, no, they can't fire her to answer your question, but she comes back to the same situation, so it doesn't really solve anything. You know, I don't think two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is is going to. I mean, she may feel better in the immediate term, but to the extent that she comes back to the same situation, it doesn't solve the issue. So here's what that means. Uh, From a legal standpoint, what's happened here, because they changed her job and created this environment, as you said, that makes it very difficult for her to continue working, this would be a constructive dismissal. So she may be able to treat her employment as being terminated and get severance. Now, here's why she may want to consider doing that. You told me she's going to retire in a year and a half, roughly 18 months or so. Well, she probably gets about a year and a half worth of severance. So, uh, you know, about 18 months or, or so, maybe even potentially more than that in severance. So if, if in clearly, pension, no. what's that? Would that affect her pension, sir? Well, the, the reality is they would have to continue contributions to pension. They would have to put her in the same position as if she'd continued working. So it shouldn't affect her pension. No. So th- that's one of the options to pursue. This as a constructive dismissal. Now, this is a big deal. You know, we don't just say, hey. Today is Wednesday, so we'll do constructive dismissal. We need to sit down and discuss this. I want to understand exactly what her new role is. I want to understand exactly what her role was before. I want to see, I want to understand what her compensation is like, what her pension is like. But that's yeah. an option here, and it's the only real option that I see to solve this problem. Construct- well, it all started when a new person took over her boss's position. Yes. One boss had retired, a new gentleman came in. He worked there for a couple of years. He was replaced when the new lady took over the position, then things started, you know, she was just... That, and often that happens, you know, a new person comes in and, and, you know, things change. So that's not unusual. But this is a clear demotion. It's a clear, you know, kind of a degrade. She's degraded, embarrassed because, you know, she used to be a, in an important role. Now she's not. So from a constructive dismissal standpoint, this is pretty straightforward. So what I would encourage her to do, Randy, is to give me a call off air, obviously, at any point, uh, and you know, sooner rather than later, because the problem is the longer she continues in this role, more of a chance that, that, that she's going to be deemed to have accepted it. But the only real option to solve this, I see, is a constructive dismissal. She can take a medical leave, and, and perhaps that solves it. But my concern is what happens when she comes back? It's not going to change. So I don't see that as a real solution. Uh, constructive dismissal may be just what the doctor ordered here, uh, get her to severance, to, to carry her to that retirement, uh, and, and hopefully uh, solve it that way. What happens if they if she loses the you know and they and she doesn't win the constructive dismissal? What happens at that point? I will never allow her to pursue constructive dismissal if there was a chance of her losing. Okay, that's why I want to meet with her and we want to yeah. cross our T's and dot our I's. Uh, I will not take any chances with her retirement and her income. Never. Randy, here's that number. Moving on, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five. 821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. Make that call. Get on it. Lior will be on it as well. Steve, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, gentlemen. I'm doing very well, thanks. Good. Um, what's uh, what's going on? Just had a quick question for you. Um, so basically, the company I work for hired uh, an outside company to kind of look at how the business is being done right now. So we've been told that we all have to reapply for our jobs, and you can apply for up to two positions at the company. Uh, I feel pretty confident in getting my job back. And they've kind of, you know, I, I get a good sense there. But I guess my question is, in the event that I were to reapply and not get my job, 
I've been there for, it'll be about five years very soon. And I'm 51 years old. So what kind of severance or, or what kind of package would I be expecting? Absolutely. Let me answer that now. But just so you know, from a legal standpoint, you actually don't have to reapply to your, for your job. What I mean by that is if you decide not to reapply and because of that you don't have a job, you still get severance. So if, if your goal obviously is to, to continue working, sure, yeah, reapply. If you want yeah. your severance, then you, know, you don't have to reapply. You're working. If they decide to terminate your employment, you get severance. But okay. so I, I know your length of employment, uh, five years, uh, you're in your 50s. And what kind of a job, Steve? It's a regional director job. Okay, so it's a senior position, a, yeah. a managerial position. So someone in your situation will probably be looking at eight, nine months of, of severance is what I would assess you at. Now, that could be changed depending on the terms of your employment agreement. If you speak, uh, sorry, if you signed an employment agreement that, that speaks to the issue of uh, termination, I would need to see what it says. Does it change the analysis? Does it not? If the employment agreement does not speak to that issue, eight to nine months of severance is what I would assess you at. Uh, again, that includes your total compensation. So it would include your salary, your benefits, any bonuses that you receive, pension, car allowance, whatever it is, everything would have to be included. Okay, Steve? Okay, that's great. I will uh, cross my fingers and hope I get it, but if not, I'll definitely give your office a call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Just in case you need the number, one 821 5900 com, And for you as well, lots of time to call in until around 10 to 8, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one 225 talk severance pay calculator. You just referred to it right there. People are going, how does he get this magic number out of his head? I mean, you're a bright guy, but there's a, <laughs> there's a tool everybody can use, and that would be the severance calculator, right? Well, I've been an employment lawyer for many years. I don't need a tool to assess what someone is owed, so I can do that just based on you know my knowledge of the law. But the, the good news is you don't need to be an employment lawyer with whatever year's experience. You can find out yourself in seconds what severance you'd be owed, and, and it's simple, and it's free, and it's anonymous, and you simply go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, the address is severancepaycalculator.com. And everything is right there. You answer three questions about your position, your age, the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you whether it's just like our previous caller, eight to nine months pay or 12 months or 24 months or anything else. And then you don't have to worry. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to be concerned. You have that information. Maybe just like our previous caller, you, you haven't been let go, but you're, you're preparing for that eventuality and you want to know, again, you go to the severance calculator. Or maybe you're actually looking at that severance letter right now. You came out of a meeting. It was a, a bad day. They let you go. They gave you that severance package. You have no clue if it's good or bad. Uh, well, now you know, severancepaycalculator.com. And, of course, if it's your friend or your parent or anyone else that you know that has been let go or will be let go, be a good friend. Tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. You know, a couple of calls ago, Randy was talking about his wife and the way she's being treated at work. I mean, it was almost to the, it was almost rising to workplace harassment. So I want to get back to that for a moment. What, uh, what is considered workplace harassment? You know, workplace harassment is a, is a hot, you know, I, I say that in quotation marks, topic. Yeah. It's, a, it's a topic you hear a lot about right now, uh, and, and, you know, both in the terms of the, the, the Me Too movement, but beyond that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sexual harassment to be harassment. Uh, workplace harassment is any situation where someone is uh, is being mistreated or someone is the victim of, of, tre of treatment that in the eyes of someone objective would be considered unwelcome. So if there's unwelcome treatment that, that you're being subjected to, that is considered harassment. Uh, and, and it's a very broad term. And any situation that, that would make a reasonable person uncomfortable 
any situation that would make the workplace a poison environment, some environment where you don't want to come to work, and, and that's a reasonable conclusion, then that would be considered harassment. doesn't matter if it's from a coworker. It doesn't matter if it's from a boss. Uh, uh, workplace harassment can take many, many forms. It's a very broad topic, and it's something that, of course, and you know, hopefully our listeners know, is completely unacceptable these days. What are some other examples of it? That might not well, be so uh, obvious, right? Yeah, no, and, and you know, obviously, you have the, the obvious example, like you know, someone being called names, put down, yelled at. Clearly, that's harassment. But of course, there's more subtle harassment, like you know, being excluded from meetings and and you know, not being provided. Uh, you know, the, the good clients and, and someone else is being treated better and you're kind of being put down, not directly, but indirectly. Uh, you know, there's also situations where uh, obviously your, your, your boss is being unreasonable. Maybe your boss is picking on you. Uh, that's workplace harassment and nothing you can do is appropriate. Everything you do now is wrong. You get criticized. You, you get a, a negative performance review when that's not justified. Anything like that that's going to make someone uncomfortable is considered workplace harassment. And again, workplace harassment is some, something that the law makes very clear you shouldn't have to tolerate. It's something that you have a right to be free from, uh, and, and that's something important that's important to remember. Lots of time still to call in until about 10 to 416 870 star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk toll-free to talk to Lior for the remainder of the show tonight here on the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, talking about workplace harassment, uh, employees' obligations when it comes to that, to their employees. What is it? Well, an employer's main obligation is to maintain a workplace that's free from harassment, to maintain a workplace that's conducive to working, uh, a workplace that's supportive, and a workplace where people feel comfortable and safe going to work. And if that that doesn't happen, if your employer doesn't uh, take proper care to make sure that you're free from harassment, if there is a poison work environment, if you feel uncomfortable going to work, then that employer has not met its obligations. Now, that's an important obligation that, that the employer has, and it's not just a, a, just a, a theoretical obligation. It's in a statute both statutes and our courts have also said that that there's an, that obligation and an employer that breaches that obligation, even if it's the employer that's not the one doing the harassment, it's someone else harassing, maybe it's a coworker. If the company is not fixing the problem, if the fa- company is allowing it to happen, whether they know or should have known about it, then that company is doing something wrong and that company is going to have and face legal repercussions. What's your first step if you're or someone listening feels like, you know, that sounds like me. I think I'm being harassed at work. I might fall underneath that uh, that banner. What's the first step they should do? Well, the first step, if at all possible, is I want someone to try to resolve it internally or at least give the company a chance to resolve it internally. So what do you do? You go to speak to someone, whether it's the boss, the owner, the HR uh, manager, whoever is the appropriate person to speak to. If there is an HR manager, that's always the good person to go to and tell them what's happening. You, and you should know that you can't be punished for it. You should feel encouraged and empowered to go and tell the, tell your story. Be honest. Be upfront. If you have anything supporting that, whether it's witnesses or emails, if you do, provide that as well. But try to resolve it internally. Give the company the opportunity to resolve it so that later on the company can say, oh, I didn't know. You didn't give us a chance to fix it. That's always the first step, Johnny. What if uh, you're in a situation where there is no one to complain to about the harassment or if it even if it doesn't stop once you do? Yeah, and, and so that's the next step. So what if there isn't because the owner of the company is the one harassing me? Right. Or what happens if I've di- I did complain, but nothing was done? It wasn't fixed. I'm still working uh, there, and, and the problem is, is still pursuing. 
Well, if you haven't uh, been able to resolve it, then at that point, it's potentially time to deal with it externally. What I mean by that is maybe now it's time to get you out of there and treat this as a constructive dismissal. Now, we've talked about constructive dismissal before here, but constructive dismissal also happens where you're now working in a poison work environment that doesn't get fixed, and that now is a time potentially to get you out of there with severance, with compensation. So if you can't resolve it because there's no one to talk to or you've talked to someone and they don't fix it, it may be time to say enough is enough. I'm out of here. I'm not going to be a victim of harassment anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. You get out of there, we get your severance. But what I don't want anyone to do, I don't want anyone quitting, harassment or no harassment, before they speak to me. So even if you're a victim of harassment, let's talk first. Let's make sure we have our I's dotted and T's crossed before we quit. But that is an absolute option. Lior's contact again, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you? Not too bad, and how are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Yeah, I was kind of wondering. Uh, I work for a trucking firm, and we're uh, under the federal law as opposed to Ontario. Mm-hmm. Are the laws the same as, as Ontario as federal? So the laws are the same, for example, when it comes to your full severance entitlements are going to be the same. There's different laws with respect to, uh, let's say, overtime and, and, and hours, et cetera. But, you know, if we're talking about severance, you lose your job, how much am I owed? Yeah, the, the, the laws in terms of your full entitlements, what we call your common law entitlements, are going to be exactly the same, whether you're federally regulated or provincially regulated. Okay. And question number two. If your work if your work week is based on forty hours, but things are are bad in the economy, you're down to say ten or twelve hours. Um, is that considered constructive dismissal? Or oh, absolutely, yeah. But, but, I mean, but, what, but what if this has been going on for a while and you you, know, you get forty hours one week, twenty the next, thirty, fifty, twenty? At what point can you consider that uh, a dismissal? Or being we've already done it, you have to just suck it up and go with it. And that's kind of that's the problem. I mean, if the company's been doing this for a while, they keep changing the hours from week to week. You know, after a while, after that's been happening for a few weeks, I would say, it it becomes a term of employment, and at that point, you're you're considered to have accepted it, and and you're stuck with it. On the other hand, if if you're let's say always working forty hours, and the company says, well, moving forward, some weeks you're going to work ten, some weeks twenty, etc. It, you know, within a short period of time, if you say, no, I'm not going to accept that, you can pursue that as a constructive dismissal. So, you know, if it's been going on for a while and you've continued working, you're going to find that you're stuck in this situation because the law is going to consider you to have accepted this new new uh, reality. But is there a bottom line? Like if, if one week you don't work at all, like is there some point where, or they can just do that as well, just not work you at all? Well, again, it, it really depends on how long that's been going on. If, for example, they used to change the hours, but now they just started saying there may be weeks you don't work at all. Well, well wait a second. That's different than reducing my hours saying I'm not going to work at all. But again, if, if it's been going on for a while that some weeks you don't work, some weeks you do work, then again, that's the new reality and, and, and you may now be stuck with it. There's usually a small window to pursue a constructive dismissal. So it's important when a constructive dismissal to act when the changes happen. In your situation, how long has this kind of situation been going on? Well, it's been, well, it's been really bad the last last month. It's been really bad. But I mean, I've been with the company for twenty years, and it's never been as bad. You know, you might get a day off through the week. You know, end up with thirty hours a week, but uh, end up end up with with ten hours in in the, in the work week is. Uh, I mean, that's pretty hard to live on. 
Well, Dave, if you can show that in the last month things have taken a big turn for the worse, and if in the last month all of a sudden you're, you're put in situations that you haven't been put in before, well, then, yeah, you can absolutely still pursue a constructive dismissal. You know, a month is still within a reasonable period of time to do it as long as you can show that what's happening in this month is different than what was happening before. And if you've been there for 20 years, I mean, and you decide to pursue a constructive dismissal, yeah, you could easily be looking at 16, 18 months potentially even of, of pay. So that's a, that's a big uh, situation, a, a big entitlement that you have. So what I don't want you to do is if you're going to pursue a constructive dismissal or even think about it, I don't want you to sit on this. You can't sit on this because the, that window that I told you is going to close. So if you want to talk about a constructive dismissal, you got to do that ASAP. I want you to reach out and connect with me as soon as possible this week uh, and let's you know get some more detail. I want to understand exactly what's been happening in the last month because, yeah, you may still be able to pursue it, Dave. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Dave. That's uh, number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is uh, so good for another week, my friend. We have got lots more on the weekend as well. We'll continue our discussion on the weekend and moving forward. If you haven't caught it, Employment Hour in thirty happens on Global TV on the uh, weekend mornings. You want to check employmenthourtv.ca for details. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com if you want to find out exactly what your severance should be. Severancepaycalculator.com and the number again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. We're going to wrap it for another night. Standing by on point with Alex Pearson returns right here to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.